0: A very special thanks to our $5 fans. Carl Nelson, Stephen Fox, Andrew Anker, Paul Kite, Jordan Zanata, Derek Rosenstrauk, Livia Biari, Joel Gerhold, and Ross Float. Hello, welcome to Let's Make Mistakes. I am your host, Jesse Char, and um, I don't know where Mike went, so I guess I I decided to get a new co-host. His name is Dan Sinker. Dan, where are you at?
1: I'm here in my basement in Chicago.
0: That was too much information. It's okay. That's generally
1: the way I roll, but thanks. Um, I am reveling in the lack of Mike. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, and uh, and Dan, I I uh, understand that you have brought a guest on the show today.
1: I have. So um so yeah, I was uh in an argument on Twitter with Mike, which is mostly what we I, all? I, mostly <laughs> what I do on my evenings and my days. Um and uh this was this was last week, I believe, uh, right around the same time that that Horse Ebooks was revealed to be a heartbreaking fraud uh-huh. um and oh, you're one of those people
0: i i it
1: really Jesse, it almost destroyed me like i'm not even <laughs> i'm not exaggerating i'm not uh being facetious it it i it, i it was a dark moment for a while it was i had to walk the earth um but I, but one of the things that helped guide me back was uh uh an essay and it was written by uh, Frank Chimero. Am I pronouncing your name anywhere close to right, Frank? Yeah, that's close enough.
0: Is it Chimero
2: or Chimero? It's, it's or, key. Or it's key. Chimero. Yeah, it's
1: Chimero. Chimero. Like, like Zuki. Chimero.
2: Yeah, or that one. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in chimero. Missouri, so I got that a lot. Got that a lot. Too. Excellent. Midwest. Well, All right.
1: So 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 you posted this essay. Uh it's an essay called uh, The Inferno of Independence. It grew out of uh some thoughts that you had coming out of the XOXO uh conference. And um and for me, i it, I mean it really does sound stupid now a week later, and I do I do put this on just kind of working far too hard, but the the horse ebooks thing to me really like it it hit me harder than i was really expecting and it and and i think it was much more about a culmination of just like this thought of of everyone's working just so fucking hard and there's like this one nice little thing in the world and then oh it turns out it's a fucking buzzfeed connected there's a
0: lot of other nice things in the world alternate
1: reality game promotion bullshit right mm-hmm. and um and so, kind of just, just feeling like that. And then I, I, a couple of people started tweeting about this essay by Frank. Uh, and it, it really kind of hit exactly at the moment that I needed it. Right. And I think, so Jesse, you were at XOXO, right? And, I was at XOXO, yeah, XO, and, yes. And you guys chatted a lot about it last week. Um, but I think that, that, and, and good God, there were what, like 200 people there, and I think all of them blogged about it. Um,
0: no. Like I, there were more than two hundred. I want to say I think it's like a four or five hundred person conference. Okay. Yeah, it, and I did not blog about it. Yeah, it, so, felt, uh, it felt
2: four or five hundred people.
0: Yeah, okay. were you were you there as well? Yeah,
2: yeah, I was. Oh, I right. was totally there. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't get like that social anxiety pressing down on me in a room of two hundred people. But I was feeling that there, so I think it was like four or five hundred people. Okay, <laughs> so so. Uh, Four or 500 people make sense because it did feel like there
1: were about four or 500 blogs written about the, the experience of XOXO. But but Frank, I think yours yours was really different because it kind of took took XOXO as a launching point to then talk a lot more about, I think, things that, that you were feeling. And I think that uh, things that a lot of people that are working in this kind of, you know, d- 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 making things digitally and putting them on the internet space are, are thinking about. And to me, like, I think that the, you have a, Example in this of, of Christina Zhu's talk um, at oh, XOXO. Her talk
0: was awesome. By the well, I mean I don't know what you thought of it. I really enjoyed her talk, though.
1: Well, so so, so yeah, so so Frank, there's a moment in that talk. Can you just kind of unpack that, and then maybe we can go from
2: there? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that Christina did was she just challenged the idea of. Um, Independence to the point of like extreme autonomy right so she I, I almost hate using this term but it, it almost seemed like she was saying that we need to build businesses that are support apparatuses for people who produce work independently so that independent artists sort of becomes like a like a big tent sort of enterprise and you don't need to be a multifaceted crazy polymath that's willing to figure out shipping logistics, as well as like master crafting a narrative arc over the course of like eight different comic books. Like that's, that's just a lot of different skills to have inside of one person. And I would say like the number of people on the planet that have all of those skills are like two or three, maybe. So you either just fail at the things that you're bad at and feel miserable about failing, uh, or you have to get some help. And what she was saying was, you know, actually, we need to stop acting like it's possible for people to do all of this stuff themselves, themselves, and uh, produce that support apparatus. So, one was a was a charge to sort of like start to build businesses that act as sidekicks uh, for artists online, and then the second one was more of uh, her wanting everyone to start thinking about this stuff differently. Um to sort of deflate the uh, independent pride balloon, I guess you could call it, to sort of say, listen, like you can't, you shouldn't villainize infrastructure and coordination and planning and organization. Even though those are um, the hallmarks of corporations and big business, there's a lot of utility. There's a usefulness to that for independent creators. So yeah. That, that was, I guess that's a pretty good summary of the talk.
1: Definitely. I and, guess. And, 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 and then to summarize your summary of the talk within your essay, the you really hit on a single phrase that she brought up, which is this phrase of independence is lonely.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I put that in there basically because it was, uh, I don't know, it was just like a bong, like a, you know when two notes harmonize and like they both jump up a little bit? It was it was one of those things in my brain where I was like, oh, okay, I knew this, but I hadn't like clarified it by having words for it yet. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it really resonated. Um, Another thing that she said in her talk that I appreciated a lot was that uh, trailblazing is expensive because I think that, um, you know, what you guys are also saying, she was there is a lot of like glitz and glamour of like being independent and doing everything yourself and I think that um, at least in this Internet bubble world tech thing, you know, a lot of people get put on these pedestals when it's just like I designed and developed and uh, marketed and everything to this application. But it's just like not everybody has the luxury of being able to do that, both like in your skill sets and uh I guess, kind of financially, just being able to try and do something all by yourself. And so I liked that she kind of acknowledged that. And <laughs> and I, I don't know, that's always a place where I've felt a little bit of guilt, I guess, for not being able to do everything myself. So it was nice to hear somebody say that.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And and I think to me, like, that expense is is about more than just money, right? Like... Like, it,
0: absolutely.
1: That that uh, and the thing then, f- Frank. Kind of in reading your essay to me, you know, it it resonated with some conversations that I'd been having with some folks in Buenos Aires a few weeks ago. We were all down for a for a conference, oh, wow. a Hacks Hackers <laughs> Media Party down in Buenos Aires, right? Wow, and wow, wow, wow in the con-
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, fancy! The- oh, well, your elitist conference. Well, but <laughs> so,
1: so the thing about it is, like, there is a in the kind of journalism and code world that i straddle right there's a there's a small number of people probably 50 to 100 right at, at the at a, the max um that do kind of travel around and you see each other in crazy parts of the world and and you have little bits of conversation and and stuff like that and and at that just every conversation that people had was like man i'm tired <laughs> like how are you doing i'm tired um and that, I think, is part of the expense, right? Like, this, the everyone is, is moving so quickly and everyone is working so hard and everyone is kind of these little tops that are just spinning as fast as they possibly can until they fall down, right? And, um, you know, to me, I think that, that this essay, Frank, and, and it seems like a lot of the stuff that came out of XOXO was... was this real kind of questioning of like is that really the best way to do things? Right? Sh- right?
2: should we like is it is it is making good work worth it if you hurt yourself?
1: Yeah. And and you know, and I think to me that that makes me reach back to the world that I originally came from, which is like the independent punk rock world, right? Which was all about, you know, be independent, reinvent the wheel as many times as you can, you know, but but did also begin to build out the kind of infra- infrastructural levels that you're talking about, right? Um, that they all got destroyed by big money is another story entirely, but, you know, but it was also a thing where people were working really hard to the point that many of them, you know, did absolutely hurt themselves, you know, um, in, in ways that are terrible and, and awful to the art. And And I think... You know, a person can take the trajectory that we're all on and say, "Like, is that where it leads?"
0: So, Dan, how does this tie back to making you feel better about uh, the fake horse Twitter account <laughs> being fake? As, uh, it it yeah. didn't
1: make me feel any better about the fake horse eBooks being fake. Um, what it helped me with was realizing that perhaps my reaction or overreaction to the reveal behind horse ebooks was actually about a lot more and about a lot of these things that are kind of just percolating inside the back of my head as I, you know, as I rack up tens of thousands of miles on airplanes and, and spend, you know, 14, 18 hour work days and, and things like that. And, um, and I think that you, you really pointed out, Frank, in that we don't take a moment to kind of stand up and actually say like, Hey, this is me too.
2: Well, I, I mean, it's been kind of a, it's been a bummer to be on the internet for like the past four months, six months. Right. Like I was, I was bummed about horsey books. I don't think I was nearly as bummed as you were, Dan, but, uh, I just feel like like I've had the rug pulled out from under me several times you know the the bummer about horsey books isn't necessarily that like people did it. The bummer is like you got duped, you know what i mean like even even if you didn't believe that it was like a like a Markov chain script or something like that producing all of this stuff, you still got duped and that that makes you feel like shit and then on top of all of that stuff, it's like okay, well, not only that but Maybe a year ago, Apple kept all of this geolocation data on their phone. And some dude made an app that pinpointed everything on a map. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm being tracked, but at least it's kept on my phone. So maybe I just need to be cautious with this. And then after that, it's like, well, guess what? Like your government is spying on you and just sucking all the data out of the tubes. And all of these companies are uh, assisting or at least handing over some data to the government to do all of these things. So. Like sort of, I I never had like a utopian dream about the internet, but I thought that it had the capacity for good. And one of the issues that I've been working through the past few months is that I have just been playing a totally different game and not understanding the rules at all. And that's been a, that's been a big bummer for me is like, we can build communities, and the communities are the good thing that come out of this, but there's a real price to that, and the price has been invisible up until now. Uh, the price is surveillance, which we can do something about. We need to try. The price is the stuff that you've been talking about, Dan, where people run themselves ragged to like keep these communities up and spinning like tops. The price is you know buying into what I think is a bad ideology of speed and lack of reflection and the propensity to push yourself into failure and to make that like a badge of honor. I, all of the, all of these things are really awful. And if you take a step back and you look at it, you say, okay, you can't do that for long. That hurts you. And maybe even more importantly, that just damages everybody that's around you as well.
1: Yeah, I, the the failure meme is possibly the thing of this whole kind of like digital startup-y culture thing that makes me the most insane. (laughs) Because they either it's a meme that's being propagated by literally the worst people in the world, right? Like people that just want people to be miserable, or they don't mean failure, right? Because because failure is fucking terrible. (laughs) Like, I mean... It, it, what usually what they mean is just like oh experiment on something you don't actually give a shit about so if it's done you don't really care right failure implies a lot more than that to me like failure implies like you put everything into it and it it didn't come together and that's not just a you know step up brush yourself off and go like oh okay cool I learned a couple things you know what's next
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't even know, because I, you know, living in San Francisco, I kind of grapple with these people all over the place and, you know, running a design studio, especially kind of screening potential clients. Like what I, what I can't figure out is like, you know, is it people who are just like cool with failing and so they don't try that hard to do whatever they are doing? Or is it just people who have never actually had like known what it is to have to try as hard as you possibly can so they think they're trying but they're not i don't know if that makes any sense um
2: but but, no that yeah that totally does like if you if you dump yourself into something and like for me this is this is even bigger than just like work and projects like you pour your identity into something or i don't know you're tasked with something super heavy, like, like you're a parent or a caretaker or something like that to fail at that, like that is failure. There's a big difference between failure and screwing up or trying something and not having it pan out. Like, so to ask people to like continually fail harder, like employers is, is just like developing a vocabulary of it's, it's dissonance. Like maybe the meaning of the word is changing right under our feet and we need to acclimate ourselves to it but there's a big difference between saying fail harder and minimize risk
0: yeah well and also i and this maybe is just a little bit of a sidestep but there's such a culture i mean especially like i don't know if you guys have ever been to facebook campus but like the term hack and hacker is so glamorized right now which to me has always meant like if you do a hack job on something it means you're shitty at it like right I don't know. Maybe you guys think about this differently than I do, but um, but I think that like this idea that you just do something really quickly, you don't know what you're doing, and you just make something, and it may not. I, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that kind of approach. Um, because I think that that's kind of similar to this. Like, it's okay to fail. Like, just fail all over the place. Um, it's a, it's <laughs> I a, just
2: I just failed my pants. Yeah. Right? Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <There's>, and,
0: uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's that, like, I, um, my career path has not, uh, you know, uh, produced, you know, any crazy stock options or anything like that. I've never sold a company before, so I don't have like this giant safety net behind me. And and it's the same thing with all the people at my company right now, is that none of us have like, you know, half a mil sitting in the bank in Apple stocks or anything like that. So when we are running our company every day, everything that we do is just like so that we can keep on paying rent. And so I have a very... We all have a different, like a very different mental model than some of the other people around us. Um, and even... You know, I, you know, I don't want to say anything about, about my clients. I love all my clients, but you know, some of the things that, um, they may experiment with are things that I would never ever have our company do just because it's kind of a waste of resources in some ways. Um, and I don't know, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of waste going on in San yeah. Francisco right now. Um, yeah. The
2: whole, the whole failure thing, like that's, that's a vocabulary of affluence. Yeah. You know, so it it doesn't apply. Like, it only reaches so far down the socioeconomic ladder until, like, you like one rung. It just goes down, like, one rung, and that's it. And, it's the um, world's shortest ladder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's a stepladder, right? Yeah. And anyway. I, I,
0: yeah, and I think that maybe, I don't know if it's, like, some sort of a loophole that people have figured out where, like, investors want to invest in a wide range of things. And so... Uh, uh they just you know make another social networking app that lets you take pictures of coffee and cats and then they just assume that it will be bought because an investor wants to just you know widen their portfolio or whatever i don't know it's silly it's silly that
2: kind of that kind of investment is high risk high reward yeah you know yeah so it, it, it it basically that changes the rules of the game like if it's super i mean i'm not saying that investors are bad people investors uh are like anybody else that can be good people, that can be bad people, that can be smart or dumb, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But if you are your company and you are a high risk, high reward investment for them, they are going to push you like a racehorse. Mm-hmm. And if you hurt yourself, then too bad for you.
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah. know,
2: like they're yeah. not concerned with your longevity because you're a high-risk, high-reward investment. You're the hotshot filly uh, that's going to be running in the Kentucky Derby, and you only get to do it once, maybe twice. But that's how it is. Yeah, or are you just yeah.
0: go retire at Google afterwards. Right, uh, you know, I mean, to- <laughs> it, it, and,
1: and I think it's, I think that's a really apt metaphor in a lot of ways, because I think that, I mean, not only is it, is it, just as 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 exploitative right um but but also i think the thing is is that it's such the it's the current dominant narrative of this whole culture even though there are a lot of people in this culture that don't buy into it right but it it has defined the it's defined the the game that everyone is playing and so, this idea of kind of running everyone as hard as you would run a racehorse, right? As you would run the, you know, people that you've thrown a few million dollars in that you want to flip in the next eight months, right? Um, that's crazy. You know, that is a, that is a crazy way to, 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 to kind of dictate that everyone should operate, let alone that perhaps those people should operate. You know, I mean, we've, We've gotten to the point now where we're talking about flipping companies the way we used to talk about flipping houses, right? Yeah, um, which
0: you know stopped working a couple of years ago. Yeah, to, uh. <laughs> to
1: to rather large detriment beyond simply the people that were flipping the houses. Yeah, right? it was a
0: pretty, pretty bad situation. You happening. know,
1: I mean, you look at the entire economy of where you are, Jesse. Right? It's it's in, it's it's entirely predicated now on this crazy flip bubble shit to keep going
0: yeah and it makes me a little bit sad because um because part of me thinks you know like that's kind of what made like especially like i think it's a very californian thing especially just like to be a big dreamer and go to california and like just try things out um I think that that's just been like a California thing forever, right? Like with Hollywood and actors who go there and become waitresses or like people in the gold rush and then people coming for tech companies. Um but because like <laughs> because there's so much money right now, I think that people are able to come and make mistakes but then get paid off for their mistakes instead of like learning from mistakes or learning that oh, you don't actually get uh gold here in california i don't know well you know you
1: know the who got rich in the gold rush right the people that that invested in the the loads and the people that sold the shovels
0: yeah and that's why that's why i'm i have a shovel company right now we're selling shovels (laughs) it's going great uh we're not becoming millionaires yet um jesse's house of
1: shovels and hip waiters
0: (laughs) house of of shovels (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, that, that'd make a great hipster logo, wouldn't it? I mean, the flip uh, side just, of that,
1: though, right? I mean, you you are talking about the, I mean, the 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 ideal of California, right?
0: Yeah, which and, is and which and the is like a romantic and beautiful you know, thing.
1: It's often, I don't know if it is at, at, at this exact moment in time, but a year ago, it had the highest poverty rate in the country, right? So yeah, you've got this crazy dichotomy of people going to. I mean, it's the Hollywood. It's literally it's it's the entire state of California is the opening scene in uh, the welcome to the jungle video. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Person getting off the steps of the bus and, you know, she's not going to become a star.
0: Yeah, and that's what's supposed to happen, right? Like you move to Hollywood with your big Hollywood dreams and then nobody likes you because you weigh 5 pounds too much and like you don't have the right hair color and then you have to live with that rejection. Um but I don't think there are enough people living with rejection right now, which is just like, you know, to be fair, it's because uh there is a lot of demand in this industry. Um but I don't I think that there's too much failure with not enough punishment for failure. And I don't mean that failure should be punished, but, you know, like, if you mess something up, if you start a company that, you know, somebody invested $50 million in and you don't follow through with it, like... Your life should be, (laughs) I don't know, I I don't think that you should be punished, but, like, you shouldn't be rewarded with Apple buying your company like color did. Like, (laughs) that's what happened to them. (laughs) Like, nothing happened. They're not going to learn from that mistake. And, I mean, uh, this whole podcast, Let's Make Mistakes, like, the point of it is that, like, when you fail or you make a mistake, you learn from that mistake. And then you do better next time. You don't just learn to make more mistakes because nothing happens to you. And, and, and Frank, that
1: that loops back to to in your essay you, you i mean you talk about exactly that about the speed that we're moving doesn't allow for that kind of reflection right um you know at, at work we've been having a lot of conversations lately about how do we do debriefs once something's done right because right. if you're all moving so damn fast like you just keep doing the same things wrong over and over and over again right like it you don't, like you it, don't learn anything basically
2: yeah, yeah. and if you don't learn anything you don't get any better at it and you know it's it's one of those things where i this is my belief i think that if you have a lot of we we'll, we we'll use the word power we we'll use the word power from like technological power Technological prowess, intelligence, skill, talent, all of those things aggregated under the label power. it becomes very important to point it in the right direction, and you can't make good choices about where to point all of that if you don't stop and reflect because if you point it like it's like it's like shooting a rocket into space, you know like if it's off by half a degree and it goes 200 miles into the sky, you're going to be way off where you want it to be. And I, I I see so much, uh, so many resources, uh, both in time and money, that just feel like, to me, they're pointed in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah. And I think that, uh, I mean, from what I've seen, there's a lot of very, like, youthful mistakes. And, uh, of course, like, I'm calling people youth and I'm, like, you know, 20-nothing, uh, being like, they're just children here. But, um, but I think that there's a lot of issues, and maybe this ties back to, like, Erica's book, plug, uh, just enough research. But I think that a lot of people really confuse, like, correlation and causation around here. Um, and they don't have great metrics for how to measure, like, why people were successful. So like you look at a person like Kevin Rose and people are like, oh, well that guy's really successful. Like was he, he got kind of lucky with what he did. He knew something about what was going on, but nobody really knows like why like dig was successful. And you know, it kind of fell Um, because what are the metrics that people look at? Like how many email addresses you collect and how many times a day people click on your website? Like they're not really very meaningful measures of success um, and change, uh, and I think that it's just you know it's it's a an, a whole industry that's just kind of figuring their shit out and and not really knowing what to do. Well, so and, like yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, well,
1: and 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 it also you know that that lack of self reflection, right, and the lack yeah. of being able to say like how did we actually pull off the thing that we pulled off, and mm-hmm. or, or things like that also gets us into the situation that we're in with, you know, a whole bunch of people that that came from privilege and remain in privilege basically being like we're not privileged. We did this all, you know, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and, you know, the the kind of crazy conversations that that have been published to medium and shit like that where it's just like are you are you really writing that? Like I know. Are you know. actually like you wrote that thing and yeah. thought this is good.
2: I I will say I'm going to play devil's advocate here because being what well, one being mindful of your own privilege is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult. And it's just something that you need to keep. Like I need to keep reminding myself, like I'm a straight white guy uh, who's 30 and I live in Brooklyn, New York and I need to consistently remind myself of that whenever I make statements or I make suggestions for other people. I need to be mindful that they don't have the space to sort of do things that I do. Like they don't have the luxury of ignorance when I make statements. Um, The other thing is like, it's just really, really hard to be mindful and to, and like to produce the space to be mindful. You know, there's like whole cottage industries about the only, their only job is to produce space for people to be reflective about their life. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the promises of the church. There's like Buddhist retreats, there's yoga, there's all of the self-help books. All of these things are predicated on people being mindful of their own lives. So this is a problem here, but it's not a specific problem to our industry. No, This is a cultural problem.
1: But I would... I would argue and 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 I agree with all of that, right? But as as you say in your in your essay, right? This is an industry that has adopted the language of revolution and of magic, right? And this is an industry that speaks very often about changing the world and has demonstrably been able to change the world, right? Um But right. If, and, and, and and if we don't and if we don't approach that work with mindfulness, right? If right. we don't say We have an incredible amount. I mean, if we don't fucking pull Spider-Man, right, if we don't say like with this power that we have comes a responsibility to actually be mindful, to actually think about how this work affects other people externally from our work and internally with our work. Right. Then do we deserve to to be the ones that that help to kind of lead the, the changing of the world?
0: Yeah. But do you, I mean, do you guys, maybe you guys think differently, but I almost think that that's just like a reflection of just the, like the average age of a person who works at a startup company, which is like people in their mid twenties who like aren't even there with their own personal lives yet. Like let alone their place in an industry that is also very young. And, Um, and,
1: And you see a push to get people younger and younger. Right. Yeah. I mean, in that ways, it's exactly like the NBA or something where, you know, I mean, when I grew up, people became basketball players as adults. Right. And now there's more and more recruiting out of high school. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, why is that? Well, one, they're you know, their bodies can hold up to the abuse better. Right. Yeah.
0: Two, they're, they're more uh... easily exploited. <laughs> yeah. They're they're malleable and they're they're all they're all gooey. Yeah. You know, they're not set in their ways yet. So I don't know maybe that will maybe that will change in the next ten years, but of course you know you have to spark the change so then well and that's change. I think
1: so <laughs> let's try to end on an up note um <laughs> <laughs> to, to me i I think that that's that's what's interesting about your essay frank that's what's interesting actually I think about a lot of the things that that came out of XOXO, right? Like one of the big put downs of XOXO is like, oh, it was so earnest, right? right. Well, t- as if oh, somehow, yeah. as if somehow earnestness is a bad thing.
2: And um, in the conference's defense, it is called hugs and kisses. Well, yeah. so. <laughs> you know,
0: it's- and I honestly, God, everybody's goddamn criticisms of XOXO. Like maybe there have been some good ones, but I have not seen any like great critiques of that conference. A lot of people are just like, oh, it's just like a cesspool of like internet people who really like everybody and just want to like make friends with each. Like, yeah, that's what a fucking conference is. Well,
1: but more so it's like, (laughs) oh man, fuck them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. being nice and talking about why they're doing what they're doing instead of just trying to sell their next thing. Like, fuck (laughs) that. I know. And like, let's stay cynical and awful, you know, but I, I think to me, like that, I think the the fact that you're seeing more and more people standing up and being, you know, saying things like ah uh, hey maybe we shouldn't talk about women the way that we talk about women in this techno- in this world since a they're underrepresented but b they're totally here, right? Or or minorities or immigrants or, or any number of other things. Like it does feel like there is a moment of self-awareness that's coming together, right? And that to me is actually really exciting. Um, And to me, that comes back to this idea of kind of the loneliness of this work with the potential of of beginning to reach out and say, like, hey, wait, there's this community here that's different than the community that TechCrunch is writing about and shit like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we haven't perfected it. We certainly don't have a name for it. Right. And we don't we maybe have not perfected the way that this community comes together with things like xoxo and and stuff like that and and it certainly can be more inclusive everything can be more inclusive all the time right but Mm -hmm. but it's not a bad thing that we're beginning to see it congeal right that we're beginning to see it come together that to me is actually really quite quite heartening
0: Yeah, and and again, like, you know, one of, like, the number one criticisms is just, like, oh, well, the whole, like, application process was effed up, and, like, you need to get more of a variety of people. Like, you know what? Like, the dental hygienist conference that happens is all dental hygienists. Like, that's just – I just don't understand, like, this idea that, like, conferences have this duty to, uh, like – just outreach to everybody uh and include absolutely everybody because that's just not what a conference is like if you want outreach to everybody that's what the internet is uh and then people get together to confer at a conference (laughs) like i don't know it can't be everybody uh you have to limit it somewhere maybe they could have done ticketing better this year but like get over it everybody else but that's i think that's
1: such a small ball critique you know like yeah, just like uh, let's focus in on the ticketing like holy gee like, God like God. oh
0: the second year of a conference like i'm so sorry that the ticketing was not working. like i well, don't know and a, and a second, yeah
1: i don't know i uh, but i but i do think i do think the 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 the, the, the second critique of earnestness is, is I,
2: I actually think it's really wonderful
1: right like i think we <laughs> should probably be more earnest right like
2: yeah maybe yeah. we
1: should maybe we should actually look at the world and say hey look at that this thing's kind of awesome right like and hey you doing a thing really hard by yourself you're doing an awesome thing
0: (laughs) there's a huge difference between being cynical and being critical and i think that there are a lot of cynics who uh, think that they're being critical and like examining it closer and it's like nah, i don't really i don't know cough mike cough cough mike i know i know well mike is the worst he, we know that he's right the worst he's the worst we that's forgot why, to that's talk why about he's not how on the awful show mike
1: is while he's <laughs> not here the secret is uh, he's actually getting his chakras realigned at a raw food retreat in uh, oh, palm springs
0: surely surely you know like mike is like a vegetarian and everything right I, like I, yeah he's,
1: he's actually a vegan
0: he, <laughs> i don't think he's a vegan but no, that's what he, he'd like he, you to believe. He has a share of like hippy dippy shit that he does. He doesn't talk about it, but you know he goes and like hikes up to Twin Peaks to overlook the. That city
1: dude takes a hard line on Rennet. Is all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess you, know, you got to what? You have to go take somebody to a banjo lesson cause, I got to get
1: my kid to his banjo class. I got to get your
0: kid to his banjo class. Cuz well, I'm
1: very earnest.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sad that I didn't get to talk about how much I never liked horsey books with you. Um We'll have
1: to do another session on that.
0: Yeah, cuz I legitimately didn't like horsey books. I, and then everybody was yeah. all butthurt about it when it was turned out to be people on the internet which was I don't know. Who else could it have been? I, I would love... A real horse? It I would,
1: wasn't a horse. I would love to have that conversation. I'm going to need a good six to nine months before I'm mentally prepared to have that conversation.
0: That's ridiculous, but I... It okay.
1: destroyed me, Jesse. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I had multiple people throughout the day write me or call me to see if I was going to be okay.
0: Really? That's yeah. just... God. Okay. I just, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't it's get it. It's making me really I sad. I want to understand. Again. I'm, I'm open to, to You're hearing making you me out.
1: Sad, Jesse.
0: I'm open to hearing you out, but I think that you are ridiculous right now.
1: I'm not. I just, I wanted one true Frank, thing. Frank, what in am the I? World. What did
0: you think about this horse book? What did you think about at horse book or whatever this was? I thought it was goofy. I,
2: I, I like the horse book.
0: Oh, everybody... Why does everybody like the horse book? Because
2: we're good people. To, I, we want there to be magic to like in the world. Horse book.
0: I know, but it's just that it was so... Um, it was just like, oh, randomness is so funny. Right?
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was for me. It doesn't need to be for you.
0: Yeah, no, no. It's, and just I, some, you know, it's
2: like it's like somebody saying, like, I don't think Richard Pryor's
0: funny. And again, like, I, I understand... Think he is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like, I know that people thought it was funny. I personally did not derive enjoyment out of horsey books i i i get that other people did um so i'm not gonna say i think horsey books is bad because you know people liked it but geez come on oh my god
1: (laughs) i can't do this
0: i'm sorry do you need to go you need to go go
1: cry now
0: okay you go cry i'm glad i made you cry that was my goal uh it was very nice to uh internet meet both of you yeah
1: thanks for having me
0: Maybe one day we'll meet at a conference. Maybe.
1: We can be uh, artists together. Yeah. Or, a or we or can Wessa. talk. We shit can eat about tacos. Mike. Either one. Oh,
0: well we can do that anytime.
1: Alright, Any well, I apologies that he's back next week.
0: Yeah. And that we'll you deal have to with deal him with him instead. <laughs> Alright, I got I got some tricks up my sleeve. It's okay. Alright. I know his weaknesses.
1: Just waggle cheese at him and he'll cower.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks so much guys. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Frank. Bye. See you guys. Bye, guys.